thank you for joining me and welcome to the 31 Days of Dread. And this is me talking to you, is AKA Pad, Peter A. DeLuca. And this is the annual podcast event. I already said it, the 31 Days of Dread, where we review, where me talk to you, the audience, the listener, one horror movie a day. Are you with me? Are you with me? One horror movie a day for the entire month of October. And right here, right now, we have the second director in our three director block. First director, Rob Zombie. Current director, Palos Cosmatos. I love that name. I mess it up every time. And the third one, rounding out, is going to be Ty West. So that's next episode. We already did one Ty West movie. That was The Devil's House, which is totally legit. legit. I tried watching that again last night. Tried watching it, meaning... I loved the first like 30 minutes of that movie and then I had to get on to other movies for the 31 Days of Dread. But hey, 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 I'm excited. We're talking, we're talking beyond the black rainbow. That intro hasn't hit yet. We have to talk about this movie. Let's get through that intro. Welcome back and thank you for joining me. So, I, I have to get into this real quick. My hard drive uh, mishap disaster, the file transfer uh, setback, uh, really, like just looking back, really messed up my timing for all of these episodes. And But the time that I had, I, <laughs> I, like I almost went back and I just redid... I redid the uh, 31 like days of dread the uh, the remaining days and 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 did like whole new blocks whole new ideas and uh, started thinking about what I was going to start doing in November cuz I I like the theme and we have terminator uh you know like I like the theme month month I I just had finished that thought and we have terminator and we have star wars the rise of skywalker coming up two franchises I know through and through uh, I probably know more about the Terminator franchise and its iterations, attempts, and, uh, you know, what a lot of the, uh, you know, stories and the companies and the filmmakers and, you know, even TV producers were trying to do uh, with, with that property. And I don't know, because I kind of wanted to do a, um, like a month of Star Wars. And I really wanted to do a deep dive where it's like one Star Wars movie a day. Yeah, until our eyes bled. Okay, maybe. And then, you know, Terminator just doesn't get enough love. Uh, if, if you go back to earlier episodes, uh, I fully back Terminator Genesis. I, I really like that movie. I don't know, people, like, again, like, just came into that movie with a different level of heat. Uh, Terminator Salvation was the Future Wars movie uh, we were kind of looking for, and it looked like uh, it, that's where the next one would have went. It was a good setup. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have extended opinions on Terminator. This Terminator Dark Fate, I hate to say it, it looks like it's the worst one. It really does. And one of the signs of that is all, all, all the shills that already saw the movie overseas in the UK, all the blue check marks on, on Twitter are saying that this is uh, the best Terminator movie since Terminator 2. Like, I'm not, again, like you're comparing errors, you're comparing uh, types of narrative. Uh, 
it's it's that's a difficult statement to even swallow i i'm not sure what they mean by that because if you think terminator 2 isn't dated if you think terminator 2 uh might be hard for someone today to watch you're mistaken you're you're very mistaken great movie uh yeah yeah, it's one of the best. Yes, one of the best sci-fis. Yes, one of the uh, Terminator and Terminator Two, one of the best time travel loops movies, like Loop Block. Yes, it's one of the best time travel movies. Uh, but does it like carry on? That's always a big question. Uh, Terminator Two is so well shot; it looks good. Like optically, it's gonna it's gonna keep the audience engaged. But uh, you know, like you don't see as much love for Terminator Two now as as you did before. Uh, so there's something to say about that. Again, we do real opinions here on AKA Pads Audio Audacity podcast. Uh, we we have to get into this movie. So anyway, uh, there's a the, that's my plight. I'm just uh, very conflicted. I'm very conflicted with uh, what to do next month. Uh, I was debating calling the month uh, Darth Vember, you know, in celebration of Star Wars. But then I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be cool to do all the Star Wars ripoff movies that came out in the 70s, like Beyond the Stars and, and uh, Ice Pirates and, and all these other movies that Star Wars inspired? Uh, I don't know. There's just not enough time. But let's just keep going. I, I also thought about Cage Sember. Like all Nicolas Cage movies in December. Because there's just enough of them. Okay. Why are movies like Beyond the Black Rainbow made? What what do they do? What do they do? Do they exercise the demons for the filmmaker? Potentially. Do they entertain us? Potentially. Are they sustainable? Similar to what I was just saying about Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Are they sustainable? I would say yes to all all of that. If you have money to make a movie, why would you make a movie like this? Okay, and, and it's like, Pete, we need to know what the movie's about. Okay, this movie is relatively about a scientist. And he is holding this woman captive. And... We don't have much narrative, but this woman has psychic powers. And he is... Well, I've seen this movie just about three times now. And every time I see this movie, I I just think something different. I think something different is... Uh, you know, like it's him transforming into her. It's her becoming him. You know, it, it's, it's... He's becoming uh, her like avatar you know like it's there's a lot there i don't think you can watch this movie one time and take everything away from it pete you idiot this is the 31 days of dread what are you doing this is not a horror movie this sounds like a psychological art f film you know like uh Something like if igmar bergman had uh adobe after effects this is the movie igmar bergman would make probably <laughs> Probably, but it is a horror movie because this movie induces horror. It it has the visual 
of horror. It is the the visual language of horror. If you were to do a crash course on the visual language of horror, this is your movie. Because it has bizarre stuff going on. So Palos Cosmatos, his his father, George Cosmatos, George Cosmatos, right? Is it George? Yeah, George P. Cosmatos. He makes this movie called Tombstone. This movie in Tombstone uh, completely takes off post-theatrical run. It becomes a TBS movie. It becomes a TNT movie. It becomes a DVD movie. It is discovered. Our director here, Palos, his son, George Cosmotis' son, Palos, he has uh, like a little job. He works like second unit on that movie as a kid, young kid. And he has a pretty good DVD residual income from that movie. A couple checks a month, you know, like one or two checks a month. And he uses that and he makes this movie. Look, I'm just going straight off to Wikipedia. And here we go. So this is a little bit what I mean. Like if you're going to scrape, scrap together something to make a movie, why make this? Why not just make a narrative movie? Well, talking, narration, act one, act two, act three, scene one, and so forth, can seem a little boring. You know, it may not fire the dopamine. Wanting to make a movie based on mood, based on feeling, no intent, this movie's just an experience. That is far more sophisticated. It's ballsy. It's a little bit tough. You have to be tough to want to make this type of movie. What other definitions do we have in this movie? Well, if you're out there, and I know some of you are, I know some of you are listening. If you're out there and you want to make a movie, look, friend, there is nothing stopping you. Why you need a script? You have an idea. You have software. You have a laptop. That's all you need to make a movie that people around the world can stream. Put it up on YouTube. Make it available on Amazon Prime. Become a digital merchant for Amazon. Swing for the fences. Get it on Netflix. And just keep going. Put it out there. No one's stopping you. Not even formula. Yeah, this movie's against formula. It's against type. This is why uh, when the previous episode, day 20. This is why when I was speaking about Mandy, I waited to uh, carry some of those uh, that conversation over to here. Because Mandy has a narrative. He did a great job with Mandy. He uh, let Nicolas Cage give one of his all-time performances, all-time scenes. I'm talking about the vodka bottle bathroom scene. And we kind of have action action figure visuals out of this movie. He made that movie with a different type of intent from here, but what he learned carried over. And between these two movies... 
I'll say this. The red, the purple wash, the, uh, you know, monochromatic or the, um, the single color tone of a lot of these uh, and a lot of the framing. I mean, I just watched, I, I, I said this before, Hell in a Cell, WWE, did an all red light match with The Fiend and their champion, Seth Rollins. The new Vin Diesel Bloodshot trailer has a scene that's all red. It's so, uh, it's inspired by Mandy. It's inspired by this movie. Uh, this guy knew digital techniques. He knows digital techniques. And he knows how to use them to invoke feeling. You know, the, this movie itself is a moving painting. And, you know, like I think of, uh, like, uh, I haven't seen it in a while. But like a farce, like um, what dreams may come. That Robin Williams movie, where he's like in paintings, he's he's inside the paintings looking for his uh, wife that committed suicide. I haven't seen the movie for years. That's vaguely what I remember about the plot. Visually, an incredible movie. V visually incredible because the paintings are like moving. You know, like they're they're moving oil paintings throughout that movie. Okay. That's a, literally your your protagonist is in a painting. That's the hook for that movie. This movie is the painting. It's a moving visual. You can. Uh, I'm surprised people haven't done edits for this movie and added different narratives. You can add a whole plot around what what you see here, and to me. To me, that is filmmaking at its highest caliber, at its highest standard, where someone else can just take it. And, you know, I just watched uh, People vs. I watched and listened to People vs. George Lucas. Because, yeah, I'm really debating this Darth Vember, and I'm like, you yeah, know, I should maybe open with that. Because I, I like some of the uh, anti Lucas documentaries. Some of them, I th uh, People vs. George Lucas is very well made. Because it, it does give you insight into uh, the film-going experience, unlike anything. And, yeah, that movie kind of, uh, that documentary reminded me about these edits that, that people did for episode 1, 2, and 3. Where they cut, they, they leaned out those movies and made them better. I haven't seen any of them. Some people claim that, that they're better. I'll just take their word for it. But, you know, they improved. Did something different. Yeah, you know, this is uh, this is why Star Wars uh, is divisive now because we have like multi generate we have two generations of people that grew up on it and there's like this uh, uh, back and forth anticipation of what to expect from these movies and and, and what should be delivered and it, you know that's a little bit of the Star Wars war right now uh, pun intended but because Star Wars is driven by art and if you don't think it is it. It very much is because the people have spoken and the people have taken it over. You know, they've done these edits and they've done improvements. You know, like, that's art. This movie is that. Uh, this movie should be paid attention to. This movie should be day one of film school. I don't say that a lot. But. This dude did a incredible job with this movie. I love watching it. And I invite you to check it out and just let it soak in. Just let it soak in 
And hey, I haven't for getting back to some of the programming. Uh, <laughs> I haven't figured out. The, we, we have a missing episode. We have episode 15 floating in the ether. And from here on out, I, I should be doubling up my days. So you'll get two days of the 31 Days of Dread leading into October 31st. Now, what do we have next? We have Ty West, my boy, my director. We have Innkeepers. I watched that movie because some dude left a comment. I think it was on Amazon. And he said, this is one of my most favorite horror movies in modern day. And I said, I'm in. Then we have another movie by Ty West, The Sacrament, with Eli Roth producing. And then we go into awesomeness. You ready? 80s environmental horror. Yeah, that's right. We have... We have Chud. Like, I'm kind of like... Like, I laugh because... The 80s environmental horror is my spin. That's my creation. <laughs> we have Chud. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. And then we have Return of the Living Dead. And holy crap. Holy crap. And then after that, we have same name movies. We have The Prophecy. Uh, 74. And we have The Prophecy. Uh, 98, or, right, 98, two completely separate movies, two incredible movies, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm going off the top of my head here, but look, those are your next six episodes of the 31 Days of Dread, and rounding it out, like, you know, like, I, I should have another block at that point, I haven't decided, I still want to do the 90s horror, I probably will do 90s horror. I want to round out the 90 reboots of some of these horror characters, like the classic ones, like the, I would say the Monster Squad, meaning Wolf and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And that completes what we did last year, because last year we did Dracula, we did The Mummy, and what else did we do? I'm trying to remember. Ah, I'm all over the place. Okay, everyone, for 31 Days of Dread, rock and roll. I love you. And... Get ready for Innkeepers, get ready for Ty West, because it's coming up next. <laughs>